You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All, all, all Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Happy Friday, everybody. First and Foxborough coming to you from Gillette Stadium after day three of training camp. Thank God the weekend is just upon us, but we do have practice tomorrow, so I mean, it's not completely over for everybody here, but I am flanked right now by the dynamic duo from the Boston Herald. We have Karen Garigian and Andrew Callahan, whom I've been on with uh, on WEEI recently, if you heard that segment. I actually put it on uh, one of my podcasts recently, so uh, welcome to both of you. Thanks, man. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining me, and uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we all got busy schedules to you know things to write up and stuff like that. But I'm glad I got a chance to to grab you and just ask the both of you, if, if, Karen. You want to start first? Like, what is your impression of what you've seen so far? As a reminder, there there have not been full pads though. Today we did get shoulder pads, so hey, that that was kind of nice to to see that. Um, but what, what's your impression of what you've seen through this kind of ramp up period and early in training camp? Well, the, the offense is, has intrigued me the most. Uh, first, with the dynamic of who's calling plays, who's really coaching them up, uh, who does Mac Jones go to to talk to after plays. Uh, so, I mean, right now it looks like Matt Patricia with the walkie-talkie is calling the plays, but Mac tends to go and listen to Bill Belichick a little more often. So that's kind of a fascinating thing. That's one and two. Uh, I think I've you've seen or we've seen the kind of growth uh, in comfort level that Mac Jones now has both you know with the guys around him with the offense with you know being the quarterback of this football team so that's impressed me yeah I think all the offense storylines are going to be really intriguing all the way through the end of camp and we'll still have questions week one because Patriots are very intent on yes. kind of muddying the picture for us at least publicly but you know something that's a little bit off the beaten path for me and it's not a particularly sexy answer is just the depth that you see on both sides of the ball like it was a clear win for the offense day one they win most of day two and then have 10 straight incompletions in a single period and then day three here today is, is pretty split down the middle a couple interceptions more pass breakups so that speaks to something that Devin McCourty told me you know in us in a zoom call and I asked him look do you have any sense of what the identity or the style this 2022 team can be he just says 
it's we've got some depth. We're a well-rounded team. There's not the offense killing the defense or vice versa all the time in practices, those being OTAs and minicamp. So I think that's starting already to come to the surface here through through three days. Yeah, and I found that interesting, right? When I when I post something about, oh yeah, there was a great play by the offense, or like how bad is the defense? Or like, mm. oh, the defense does something, how bad is the offense? And it, it seems like you know, such a such an interesting way to look at it because I'm looking at it as, I mean, in theory, you know, the glass half full ways that they're making each other better, right? They're both bringing energy to this and, and they're both making plays because, I mean, I, I think I was talking to Jalen Mills about this after after practice. He's like, look, we're all professionals here. Like, this is what we do, right? And it's like, they're going to get us sometimes. Like, we're going to get them. Like, that. that's just how this goes. And the thing that stood out to me today, most of all, actually, was the clear chemistry that Mac Jones has with his receivers and tight ends right now. That Jacoby Myers uh, wrong route interception notwithstanding where it looked like he was expecting Jacoby Myers to sit on a route. Jacoby Myers broke out and back throws the ball right to Jalen Mills. You know, he'll never have an easier interception even with the oven mitts on. But I mean there were several plays where he's lofting it to the back corner of the end zone and Johnny Smith knows exactly like where it's supposed to go or there's a back shoulder. And, and I, I think that it looks like he's clearly put in work with this unit what have you seen in terms of you know mac jones as far as even taking a a leap from not just where he was at this point last year but where he was even at the end of the season i think for me you know and it kind of goes back to the point you just made there's comfort overall but there's comfort with each of the receivers and it was funny because day one what stands out is his connection with Devontae Parker the newest of the Patriots receivers even though he's expected to be the best and so their back shoulder connection day two is a continuation of that and even today with Jacoby Myers you mentioned the interception Jacoby Myers also led the team in catches today with four so whether it's him Kendrick Bourne obviously there's there's high expectations there the tight ends have been much better and I think their involvement speaks to they're going to try to reclaim the middle of the field offensively and that's where Mac makes his money so I think for him look he shredded the defense in day one most of day two and I think it's just everything's a little bit better and that's the default answer when you ask these players what did you work on in the offseason but you can see it with Mac the strength there is a little bit better in some of the throws and there's no receiver that he's had an issue with through three days yeah I also think that I mean I know quarterbacks work with their receivers in the offseason or different quarterbacks do we know Tom Brady did um, but Mac spent quite a bit of time um, rolling across the country uh, <laughs> to meet up with certain guys, you know, to, you know, kind of go over plays, go over routes. And I think that's kind of where the, you start to build chemistry. And, I mean, you can see how that's paid off uh, in dividends just from what we've seen the first three days. Yeah, and you know the other thing that I've seen is that it feels like this offense wants to get on the move, both in terms of tempo. They they ran a couple of, of like no huddle like tempo kind of plays, like get to the line of you know line of scrimmage and try to catch the defense off guard. But it seems like they're also they're they're trying to roll a little bit more to the left and right with Mac Jones. They're and when they rep running plays, they're repping you know more like outside and inside zones and getting their linemen on the move. And there are times when Mac Jones looks like he's very intentionally rolling out and or, or, or trying to, to extend plays or even scramble. So it seems like everybody's trying to get moving, that this offense is perhaps trying to put more strain on the defenses at all levels. What, what have you been thinking of that? Have you kind of been seeing the same thing? Yeah, well, I mean, they've talked about it too. And I almost think it, it probably came from some self-scouting uh, by uh, Matt Patricia or Joe Judge or 
Bill Belichick or the combination of these defensive minds basically coming together saying, okay, how can this defense uh, take better advantage, I mean, offense take better advantage of the defenses? And that's one of the things that, you know, that they've put a finger on. They need to get things moving faster uh, to try and, you know, get some defenses off balance. Yeah, whenever you have a new offense installed, this could be high school, college, or the NFL, you're always going to hear people talk about playing faster, you know, like putting stress on the defense. So that, that necessarily isn't new, but what has caught my eye in that sense is they mean it in every sense that you could possibly play faster. You mentioned getting to the line faster. We're not taking as much time breaking the huddle because they have fewer reads pre and post snap is my understanding with this new offense. And that goes for the offensive linemen when, you know, depending on where they're pulling, that's based on the front, you have to determine where that's going to be in a particular gap. Like outside zone, inside zone, take a long time to master and there are intricacies but there are very basic rules that set those and so Trent Brown is talking to us about that in offensive linemen the receivers yeah things are simpler we identify and go the running backs their reads are predicated in the offensive line and of course this all comes back to Mac Jones who says he has some input and it's an open conversation so I think simple is better and it speaks to I think the the emphasis they put on going faster is something they prioritized over Mac Jones having continuity with the offense they say we need to help everyone not just Mac Jones because he mastered the old system the new system needs to be better in all of these different ways. Yeah, and you know, Evan Lazar pointed this out yesterday that the Patriots were tied for second last year in delay of game penalties last year. And, and you can point to that as being, okay, Mac Jones was was a rookie and maybe he's just taking a long time, but, but he's taking a long time probably in this system specifically in, in the Josh McDaniels offense where it's like, look, we're throwing a lot at you here and we're asking you to pick up a lot of different things. And even in the previous two years, they had three delay of game penalties combined from from what I could gather. So, I mean, you could definitely look at that. But then you also now don't have Josh McDaniels. You have new offensive play callers here, which, which we'll get to that in a minute. But I, I definitely think that the the emphasis on, look, everything needs to be quicker because it's not just Mac Jones that needs this. The offensive coaching staff needs this. Everybody needs this. Let's focus on on just like playing fast, getting it going. And and I think that the offense has looked um, you know, just a little bit more sped up in really everything that they're doing. To to get to the offensive coaching thing, it it looks like they're telling us that it's gonna be Matt Patricia. It looks like they're telling us that, but I honestly I'm trying to be prepared for anything that could possibly happen. But if that is the case, how do you think that works with the rest of the offensive coaching staff? Like, is, is this, we, we kind of, we talked about this on, on WEEI and you're kind of saying like, look, this whole situation isn't Occam's razor. It's not the most, it's not the simplest thing that they could do. Yeah, as we see it. Yeah, yeah exactly. We see it. But, but how could it be the simplest thing in their standpoint? And then how do they work around that, do you think? Uh, Andrew, if you want to do that, because yeah. I kind of. I, you out. Yeah, I think we still don't know. And there, there are separate discussions to be had when we talk about who's going to be the play caller. Okay, that is a duty on Sundays, 17 Sundays, where you have an identified person who's going to be calling the plays on offense. The other six days of all those 17 weeks, you need who is the lead offensive coach, who is game planning, who is organizing the meetings, who's setting out a vision. And the answers to those questions are different from what we've gleaned about the play caller, who it appears to be Matt Patricia. However, Mac Jones told us in the first day of training camp, Bill Belichick laid out a vision for what this offense will be. Jacoby Myers today, Bill Belichick is working with the wide receivers and working more hands-on with different techniques. So I think, obviously, it's going to be the three of them. How they all fill out, I don't know. But I think if we're looking for the simplest answer, you just say Bill Belichick is now 
handling the offense like he used to the defense. It was his game plan carried out by a Brian Flores and more recently Steve Belichick and Dried Mayo. It's his, maybe not his system that they've collaborated on, but as far as the visions go and the leading the meetings, that sounds like it might be Belichick. Yes, and, and, and the idea that, look, in the end, this is Bill Belichick's team, this is Bill Belichick's offense and Bill Belichick's vision. Like, like we could talk about who's calling the plays, but in the end, it's him executing it. And Karen, I mean, you've been around this team for for longer than, than either one of us has. Does that, How, mean, does that mean I'm combined? Old? Does that mean no, I'm maybe? old? Yeah, uh, maybe. Combined times two? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Are you well, saying I'm old? She's a vet. I mean, you, I mean, you should be getting the first couple days of training camp off. I, That's I mean, what we're it, saying. Yeah, yeah vet, vet days. Picture, picture of youth in in Karen region right here but listen so you you've seen a lot of how this team operates like is this kind of the strangest year in terms of I mean Bill Belichick just being like you know what I'm putting it all on my shoulders I don't care how it looks on the outside I'm gonna do it my way what do you think yeah well I think that's exactly it I I think Bill doesn't particularly uh well he didn't he invent the term uh ignore the noise Hmm. I mean I think I think he sat back and decided, laid out in his mind what he thought was the best way to accomplish the mission, and whether that's on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. And it might look ridiculous to us a little bit, or kind of ridiculous might not be the right word, but it... It it doesn't look like it makes sense. Right, nonsensical is what I was going to say. But, you know, I doubt severely that Bill's just winging it you know I mean that's just not his thing plus you know I was told by uh, Jim Miller who was here um, a backup quarterback yep yeah um, Chicago Bears that, legend Jim Miller right that when uh, <laughs> that when uh, uh, Josh McDaniels first took over but wasn't given the title yeah he said Bill Belichick ran the quarterbacks room hmm so, I mean, that kind of gives you a hint. It's not like this is a brand new thing to him. Yeah. Or, or was in much, you know, was involved with the offense because he had a young coach working his way in. So, I, th- I'm, I would guess behind the scenes, Bill's doing quite a bit. So, you know, people are worried he might be spreading himself too thin because he sort of has to rescue the defense too. <laughs> but, um, but you know what? We really don't know until we see it all play out. Yeah, and, and it seems like you could make the argument that even though the logistics are weird, that the idea that Bill Belichick might have Matt Patricia call the plays is not that weird at all because he's already called plays for Bill, you know under Bill Belichick before, and he and he kind of knows how how he thinks and how he works. Like you 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 could say that. You want to hear weird? <laughs> I I yes. I, I heard. Yes. I heard somebody tell me, somebody with some knowledge, but not, you know, I don't know how plugged in, but somebody yesterday told me he could even see Bill Belichick, like, say, okay, Joe, Judge, you're calling first and second down. Okay, Matt (laughs) Patricia, you're calling third down. I, I mean... Or vice versa. You know, we, right, we, we, yeah. we theorized, and yeah. incorrectly so, Running even though place. behind the scenes yeah. it might work out as a pass game, run game coordinator type right. situation. Yeah, that was what right. it looked like. It, yeah. and, it, and it hasn't right. come to fruition. It still could, but that would be first and second down, yeah. would be most likely to do, or more likely, yeah. you know, if ever, run the ball, third yeah. down. <laughs> so somebody Different. told me, don't surprised if that's how it plays out. 
gracious. That would be something else. Okay, we have talked a ton of offense. I want to finish this up with a little bit of defense here. We have talked, you know, everybody's talking about the, the you know, not knowing what to do with this cornerback room and what's the deal with the linebacker room. Like, there's a lot of kind of uncertainty there. You kind of know the names and the bodies on there, but they didn't upgrade those areas in significant ways in a lot of people's minds, but it seems like they're you're going for, you know, a lot, a lot of depth here, and maybe they're going to play three and four safeties all the time. But, I mean, based on, on what you're seeing from these personnel packages, who they're putting on the field, what do you think we can expect from how they're going to, to kind of shield some of these areas that maybe might not be as strong, particularly I'm looking at the cornerback room here? Yeah, I think they're rolling with the veterans, which you would expect for the first week of camp. So Jalen Mills and Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell's bounced around from Houston, Cleveland before that, a couple other places. Um, you know, they're on the outside. They're going to let Marcus Jones and Jack Jones earn their stripes. But also in the middle is kind of interesting because, you know, they've got a surplus of slot cornerbacks or options to cover the slot. Jonathan Jones still on PUP. Marcus Jones, third-round pick, is getting chances in there. Joshua Bledsoe has been the star of camp with four pass breakups. He's also been playing safety over the slot. And part of that today was, you know, Devin McCourty got a rest. You know, yeah. the care and yeah, the defense. You know, the, the the yeah. So, you know, it, it's part just them balancing reps, always rotating. It's early in camp. But I, I'm curious how much they're going to play, you know, more diamond quarter, which I think they would prefer to because they've led or been in the top five of the league in terms of six per, six defensive back usage. Yeah. And that's where the strength of the roster is. They don't want to have to field Juwan Bentley in a second linebacker if they don't have to. But their run defense really suffered down the stretch and particularly between the tackles. So this relates to the Devon Godchow conversation, which we don't need to have at your podcast, but up the middle or between the tackles, they were bottom 10 in the league in yards allowed per game and yards allowed per rush. And you can't have that kind of run defense again if you have another safety in the box and you're playing a ton of dimes. So I think it'll be more defensive backs. Everyone's talked about more zone. We'll have to wait and see. But you just the bottom line is you have to play to your strengths. And right now, like you said, they're not at corner. They're at safety. And it's probably not in playing man-to-man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, it's interesting that, you know, stop the run, stop the run. We thought they would add on up front to the defensive line, yeah. which they didn't. But what they did was they cleared out the older sect, <laughs> veteran sect from the linebacker yeah. crew, whether it was Dante Hightower, uh, Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy. So maybe that's what they identified. The linebackers were slow, and they didn't blame the line. So Yeah, I mean, they, they gave Godchall that the extension and all right. the guaranteed money. So, Clearly, they don't think he was the problem. Yeah, I guess. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> well, they loved Devon Godchall. Like, well, one of the best defensive linemen in the league is yeah. not just interior defensive linemen, which I think is also a conversation and a debate where you have an uphill climb arguing for Devon. Bill says all of the defensive linemen. Yeah. Well, Devon thinks, like Bill, that he's one of the best yeah, in the league. that's what so he said. I guess we'll have to see it in action. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, let, let's close it up with, you, you kind of alluded to one of yours. Andrew, I'll see if it's, if it's the same person when I ask you this, but who is your, your star? Who is your darling of training camp through three days of non and semi-padded practice? Karen, what you, what you got? Who you got? The darling? Yes, your your star. Well, I, it would be Mac, but that's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can I choose myself? I don't have a sunburn, and yeah. it's been like 80, 90 degrees. Yeah. I know. It, it, it has been hot out here. But, yeah. but, but I mean, why? Mac, but Mac's why, a good choice. Yeah, but why it's not Mac Jones? I mean, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, yeah we, we, we talk about, you know, all these other guys, and it, it, you want to hear about the quarterback playing well, right? 
Yeah, and he's won over the fans. That's clear. I mean, he's their darling when he comes out, and there's a you know I've seen a million Mac signs in the in the in the stands and everything like that. We love so you, they, Mac. We, we Every love, time yeah, he walks off, we the want field. Mac. I mean, so I think the fandom has embraced him. I mean, beyond last year, and I think uh, he's you know played the part in these practices. Yeah, most definitely. For me, it's Joshua Bledsoe, and part of this is, you know, day three of camp. I don't know how much longer Joshua Bledsoe has in the spotlight, and that's not a knock on him. It's just you get a small enough sample size, a second-year player, they're supposed to make these leaps, but how long can you sustain that as a sixth-round pick who didn't play it all last year? You know, so likely gravity is going to pull Joshua Bledsoe back down, but for now, four pass breakups. That says it all. He's repping with the starting defense today. He might have done that anyway without making all these pass breakups here up until day three, but he did, and good for him for sticking there because he's a guy who's shown he can at least cover the Patriots you know, tight ends from John Smith on down. We'll see about Hunter Henry and some of their backup slot receivers. And again, covering and, and defending the middle of the field is going to be paramount uh, for them because they have questions in the outside. So if he helps them do that, you know, he, he should be sticking on the roster. Yeah. And you know what? I was just thinking like, man, if you if you have him playing well and you get Jabril Peppers back, it's like that's five safeties that you can feel comfortable playing. And that I feel like is something yeah. that almost no team in the NFL has like, like to have to have five safeties that you're like oh yeah I can play any one of these guys and you know potentially we're going to put four of them on the field at the same time and just say we're going to be faster than you this is how we're going to counteract speed but hey if you're going to do that Devon Godshaw got to show us you're the best defensive lineman in the league yo thank you so much Karen Garigian Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald thank you so much once again for joining me and I look forward to seeing you next week and for the rest of the season thanks Kyrie, thanks, Kyrie.